good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to an episode of Living Light Outdoors on the mic. Man, um, we had to cut short yesterday because I'm too long-winded on our art of deception, and I left out a great deal. And I really feel like after after Rhonda and I kind of talked about it and, and we talked about the message and the, the fact that I left out literally half my notes from yesterday just simply because I, I just could not get to them. I, I spend too much time elaborating on the scripture. And um, I really feel like, and I discussed it with her last night, and I, I just really feel led to finish this message. So we're going to jump in. We're going to call this the Art of Deception Part 2. Um we're going to complete it. We're, I, I want to read these to you. I know I gave you all these references, and I hope you go and look them up. But we're going to jump back into this. We've been talking about deception. Don't be deceived. There's all kinds of warnings about deception. The fact that our enemy is is literally doing his best to deceive us in this day and age. But I want to pick it back up. We actually ended yesterday at 1 Corinthians 15, 33-34, uh, where the topic of that one is simply, Do not be deceived. Uh, bad company corrupts good morals. I'm going to go to 1 John. This is 1 John chapter 1, 5 through 10. We're going to again be in the Amplified Version. This is the message of God's promised revelation, which we have heard from him now announced to you that God is light. He is holy. His message is truthful. He is perfect in righteousness. And in him there is no darkness at all. No sin, no wickedness, and no imperfection. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness of sin, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we really walk in the light, that is, live each and every day in conformity with the precepts of God, as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another. He with us and we with him. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin by erasing the stain of sin, keeping us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations. If we say we have no sin, refusing to admit that we are sinners, we delude ourselves and the truth is not in us. His word does not live in our hearts. If we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises and will forgive our sins and cleanse us continually from all our unrighteousness, our wrongdoing, everything not in conformity with his will and purpose. If we say that we have not sinned, refusing to admit acts of sin, we make him out to be a liar by contradicting him and his word is not in us. That's a lot of mouthful right there. There's a lot of stuff in there. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 3 through 4 says this, The pride and arrogance of your heart have deceived you. You who live in the clefts and lofty security of the rock, Selah, which when you look at that word Selah, it's like a pause. It could also be an exclamation point. Whose dwelling place is high, who say boastfully in your heart, who will bring me down to earth? Though you build your nest on high like the eagle, though you set your nest among the stars, I will bring you down from there, says the Lord. Well, that's kind of a dangerous place to be when you're pridefully lifting yourself up above the places of God because he simply states, I'll bring you down from there. Galatians chapter 6, uh, verses 1 and one and 2 and 4 through 10. Brothers, if anyone is caught in, in any sin, 
You who are spiritual, that is, you who are responsive to the guidance of the Spirit, are to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, not with a sense of superiority or self-righteousness, keeping a watchful eye on yourself so that you are not tempted as well. Carry one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the requirements of the law of Christ, that is, the law of Christian love. But each one must carefully scrutinize his own work, examining his actions, attitudes, and behavior. And then he can have the personal satisfaction and inner joy of doing something commendable without complaining or comparing himself to another. For every person will have to bear with patience his own burden of faults and of shortcomings for which he alone is responsible. The one who has taught the word of God is to share all good things with his teacher contributing to his spiritual and material support. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He will not allow himself to be ridiculed, nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. For whatever a man sows, this and this only is what he will reap. For the one who sows to his flesh, his sinful capacity, his worldliness, his disgraceful impulses, will reap from the flesh ruin and destruction. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in. So then, while we as individual believers have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, not only being helpful but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being and especially be a blessing to those of the household of faith, born-again believers. Again, very long passage of Scripture, very incredible piece of work. Just a lot of instruction going on in this. Go back through this. Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, and then verses 4 through 10. I left a little bit of stuff out in there that I I didn't feel like contributed to what we were talking about. And and again, trying not to extend this any, any longer than necessary. But that's a powerful piece of Scripture. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and, and, and verse 11. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, and verse 11 says this, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor perversely effeminate, or homosexuals, and such are some of you before you believed. But you were washed by the atoning sacrifice of Christ. You were sacrificed, set apart for God, and made holy. You were justified, declared free of guilt in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit of our God, the source of the believer's new life and changed behavior. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 and verse 11. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in there. There is, um, And again, this is the Amplified Version, which really relates back to some very correct writing. Uh, if you if you take this all the way back to the Greek and Hebrew, um, you can do some research there. I didn't write this stuff. It's in God's word. Um, and it's and it's there. Those those wordages are there. They're solid. Second Corinthians chapter eleven, verse three through four. But I am not afraid that even as the serpent beguiled Eve by his cunning, your minds may be corrupted and led away from the simplicity of your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For you seem willing to allow it. If one comes and preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, 
or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you tolerate all this beautifully welcoming deception. Another great warning here. It's literally talking about just just as the serpent uh, deceived Eve by, by being very cunning, we oftentimes in our minds are corrupted and we're led away by the simplicity of our of our devotion to Christ. We we we're not solid. We're not stuck hard. We're not we're not steadfast. We're not lashed to a stay. We seem to be willing to allow these other teachings to come in. We seem willing for some reason to allow the, these these other spirits to to guide us. And man, that's a dangerous dangerous place. There's been a lot of conversation recently over just such. There, there's so many wanting the Word of God to, to change, wanting it to, to reflect more um, loving kindness towards our new lifestyles that we're, we're seemingly uh, embracing in our world today. And it's just not true. It's, it's solidly written in the Word, warning us against just such. We've got to take heed to these warnings. Get in God's word and understand what he's writing about this stuff because they were written for us in such a time as this. They were a pre-warning. We were being foretold of what was coming. We've got to accept that and, and, and study it out, adhere to it, and walk in it. Titus chapter 3, verse 3 through 9 says this, For we too once were foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various sinful desires and pleasures, spending the wasting of our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. But when the goodness and kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared in human form as the man, Jesus Christ, He saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we've done, but because of His own compassion and mercy. By the cleansing of the new birth, spiritual transformation and regeneration, and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out richly upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that we would be justified, made free from the guilt of sin by his compassionate, undeserved grace, and that we would be acknowledged as acceptable to him and made heirs of eternal life, actually experiencing it according to our hope, his guarantee. This is a faithful and trustworthy saying, and concerning these things, I want you to speak with great confidence, so that those who have believed God, that is, those who have trusted in, relied on, and accepted Christ as Jesus, uh, Christ Jesus as Savior, will be careful to participate in doing good and honorable things. These things are excellent in themselves and profitable for the people, but avoid foolish and ill-informed and stupid controversies and genealogies and dissensions and quarrels about the law for they are unprofitable and useless man if i had it in me i'd read that all over again but that very thing at the end but avoid foolish and ill-informed and stupid controversies and genealogies and dissensions and quarrels about the law for they are unprofitable and useless there is no point arguing the, the the stupidity that's being placed in front of us these days. And, and it is just that. We're seeing time and time again these these stupidities, uh, these 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 ignorant arguments that come up. And and again, most of these arguments are coming from a desire to twist the rules of God, to twist the scripture, to, to, to conform the scripture to fit mankind today. And that's just simply not what God intended. He intended us to twist and form to fit 
his gospel, his story, his word, his law. He's not going to change. We read that yesterday, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's word is not going to change. It's not going to weaken. It's not going to bend to fit society. He expects society to bend to fit his word. We've got to come to an understanding of that. We've got to adhere to that because it is our only saving grace in such a time as this. Listen, we are in a hard time. I've had conversations with people that are are so misled and 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 the only thing that can set us free is truth we must adhere to truth the deception around us is is strong the deception around us is thick the, the darkness is deep we have got to adhere to the truth of god to shine that light to be a torchbearer if some of you have been following my story time with buster on saturday nights we've been talking about the book called the torch and the sword by rick joiner Excellent book. I'd, I'd encourage you to buy that book and read it. Rick Joyner's The Torch and the Sword. It's it's actually the culmination of a series from uh, a three-book series that was um, Final Quest, The Call, and The Torch and the Sword. Those three books all go together. I, I, I don't have any problems uh, pumping up his, his book sales, man, because those are excellent reads. I have them all. I love reading Rick Joyner's stuff, but I'm telling you that we are torchbearers. God has set us on this earth to bear his torch. The torch of God is his very presence. The sword of God is his word of truth. We are to bear his torch and we are to carry his sword. We are to carry his presence into the darkness, his light into the darkness, and we are to penetrate that darkness with the truth of his sword, his word. Man, I got a little preachy right there. But it's, it's just something that's all over me right now. This is our time. Ladies and gentlemen, it's our time to stand up and be counted. It's our time for this remnant to rise up. The, pri- the, the pump has been primed. Everything is ready to pour out. All we're waiting on is us. We've got to be the vocal piece. We've got to be the movement. You, you want to see something happen? We need a movement. We, we don't need to sit back and pray for revival. We need to be revival. We need to be a movement. We need to be flowing freely across this nation, across this world. We need to be spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere we go and stop bowing down to deception. Stop allowing darkness to creep in upon us. Shine our light. If your light begins to get dim, you better get on your knees. You better get in his word and you better pump that light up. You better get it brighter. You begin to pray. You begin to seek the Lord and watch his presence become stronger around you and it dispels that darkness. Wave that sword of truth. Wave that sword of truth so that it clears the air around you that you might see what you're up against. Wow. I wasn't anticipating this. I was just going to finish this piece of scripture. Do not be deceived. The art of deception is real. The art of deception is, is captivating. Stay honed into truth. Sharpen your sword. Keep your swords sharp. Engage in this battle. Watch your fellow man. Guard your fellow man. Get each other's back. We've talked about it in Ephesians, the armor of God. All that armor is for the front side. It has absolutely nothing to cover our back. It's because one, we're to always face our enemy. And two, we're to have each other's back as fellow believers and followers of Jesus Christ. Guard ourselves, guard each other, walk together. Iron sharpens iron, amen. My goodness, I I could preach for a while. I'm gonna let you go. Saturate yourself in his word. Let it penetrate your heart. Let it penetrate deeply into your spirit. Don't buy in to deception. 
Don't buy into controversial things. Always weigh it against the very word of God. If you question God's word, I encourage you to get a strong concordance. Go back and look at some of the original writing, the meanings of some of these words. I'll give you, for instance, I use this often, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That one simple word, believes, if you go back and look at its original writing in the, in the Hebrew writing, the word believes, English word believes being plural, notice that it's plural. It's plural in every version of the Bible you're ever going to read. Believes, not believed, not believe one time, but believes, plural. If you go back and look at that in its, in its original writing, the word believes doesn't even exist in the, in the vocabulary. What it says is it is a process word. It is an ongoing event. You, you can go back and dig up all this stuff. You can go back and reference so many things. If you question something you're reading, search it out. But, but use quality material. Don't take a man's word for it. Get back into that, that Strong's, that Concordance that looks at the original things and learn from it. It's what I do because I'm not a scholar. I, I, don't want to, I don't want to project something to you that's not accurate. So I study as much as I possibly can to find an accurate uh, definition or an accurate projection of something I want to say to you. I want the Word of God to come across truthfully. If you're in question, if you're, if you're trying to buy into something that just isn't making sense, dig in and find it. Got questions? Holler at me. I'll help you. I might not owe the answer, but we can sure daggum find it. Amen. I love you guys. Rhonda and I love you. We're praying for you. We're praying over you. We're, we're, we're praying that God opens your eyes to see that he, that he guards your heart in this darkness of time and that, that you rise up and be the men and women of God that he's called you to be for such a time as this. Amen. Whew, my goodness. If you can support us financially, we, we could certainly use that support. Uh, we're, we're gearing our, our whole year up. We have no idea exactly where God's taking us. I just know we're going. We're going. We're head down. We're, we're, we're fully headed out in, a, in an advance. We need the support. If you can give it, you know where the giving links are, www.livingloudoutdoors.com. It's living without the G, L-I-V-I-N, www.livingloudoutdoors.com. On our Facebook page, all those giving links are in that front header that's pinned to the top. You can support us right here on the podcast if you choose. We love you. God bless you. We'll talk to you again real soon.